Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving day. I tell you, Patty and I had a, a tremendous day. Our parents came over to our house. Our kids came over, our grandkids, um, her sister, their kid, nieces and nephew, their kids. I'm telling you, we had a house full probably about 20 so sitting down uh, around the tables uh, to try to uh, celebrate Thanksgiving together. Have you ever been in an event like that thinking, you know what, Cracker Barrel wouldn't be so bad today? <laughs> Just kidding. How many of y'all, anybody go out to eat on Thanksgiving Day? Let me see your hands. Good for you. Good for you. Anybody stay home and eat at home? Oh, you know what? Thanksgiving dinner, that can be stressful. It can be stressful getting ready for Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I heard about uh, this woman who was having her in-laws over. She was hosting her in-laws for Thanksgiving dinner. And she was a little bit nervous, but she had a problem. She had a problem because she had a parrot. And that parrot had developed a bad habit. In fact, that parrot could cuss like a sailor. And she's thinking, oh my goodness, what if my in-laws hear this? What will they think about me? And so several days before Thanksgiving, she started to try to retrain um, that parrot, so he wouldn't swear so much. And so she worked and worked and worked and thought she was doing pretty good until the night before Thanksgiving. It's like he went off the rails and started cussing up a storm. She was so frustrated. She opened his cage. She grabbed him and she put him in the refrigerator and said, look, until you calm down and clean up your, uh, your words, you're going to stay in here. And she slammed the door. And he's over there shivering, you know, and, and cold, sitting in that refrigerator. And then he looked over and he saw a fellow bird, a turkey who had been, the Thanksgiving turkey had been skinned with his legs pointed up like that. And he says, good heavens, man, what did you say to her? <laughs> I think sometimes uh, <laughs> we better watch our words. You know, uh, when you think about Thanksgiving, when I look at our dinner, there's always four words that, uh, that get me really tuned in to the event. And maybe you've heard these words, let's say the blessing. Because when somebody says, let's say the blessing, you know what that means? There's something good's about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Let's say the blessing. Uh, you get ready for that at our house. Anyway, I was, uh, some time ago, our youngest son, Samuel, said, okay, dad, like, what's up with the blessing? Uh, why do we, you know, is it just tradition or why do we say the blessing? Well, I said, pause for a minute. I said, you've got to think about when you say the blessing over your food. Yes, it is tradition. But let's talk about the tradition. It gives you an opportunity to pause and to say thank you for God because we understand that God has given us the ability to create wealth. And with that money, we bought the turkey. Okay, and so we are appreciative of that. And so this is a simple way that we're saying thanks to God for providing for our needs. But you know, not only that, we're following a tradition that even Jesus modeled in his ministry. You know, when the disciples gathered together and they were teaching and a crowd had gathered and, and Jesus fed them with fish and bread. When he took those uh, little fish and bread and he broke it, what does the Bible say? He blessed it. 
And so we see that uh, when you bless something, God uses it, God multiplies it. And so we also see on the night that he was, before he was crucified, he gathered his disciples together. He broke the bread and, and uh, shared the cup. Uh, they, we call it the Last Supper, and he blessed it. So we see this tradition of blessing, of giving thanks. So that's why we do that. Last week that I, I preached at a Jamaican church in South Florida, and so uh, right after service, they, they said, brought me into this room, and they said the blessing, and we had uh, a Jamaican Thanksgiving from Jamaican jerk chicken to oxtail rice and beans, the whole works. It was quite, uh, uh, quite a feast. Um, but, you know, we, when we think about saying the blessing, well, what is a blessing anyway? A blessing is when you speak well of something or, or someone. A blessing is when uh, you want the best or you encourage this. We bless the Lord because we speak well of the Lord. We honor his name. And in the same way, we want to receive his blessing, and his blessings is his favor, his touch, um, his anointing. And so we think about that. I want the blessings of the Lord in my life. And I'm sure most of you would say, yes, me too. We want the blessings of God. And when we, we want to posture ourselves so that we can receive those blessings. And I want to talk to you about that over the next few minutes. As we look at Psalm chapter 1, and we're going to read the six verses there in this passage of Scripture. And we're going to see in it uh, the life of a blessed man. In fact, he contrasts between the life of a righteous person and the life of a wicked person. And he's calling people uh, to walk in the ways of righteousness. We pick it up in Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1. It said, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree that is planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and what he does prospers. Not so, though, the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind comes and blows away. And therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over. The Lord watches over. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, this is Psalm chapter 1. Here's a little factoid that you may not understand. When you open up the book of Psalms, there's 150 chapters and uh, these, this book itself is divided into five different sections, okay? Now, here's what you may not know. That each one of those sections are tied to one of the first five books of the Bible. So we're in Psalm chapter 1, and, and when we look at the first section, I think it goes out like through chapter 41, this book is tied to the book of Genesis, and so he's contrasting the, the ways of righteousness and the ways of wickedness. So just a FYI, you probably didn't know that. Um, but that helps us kind of connect uh, the dots together. 
And so over the next few minutes, I'll talk about five things that I believe that we can do that will help lead us into the path where we can receive the blessings of the Lord, uh, the paths of righteousness. So blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Now let's pause for a minute. The wicked. Now we see that word and immediately, if you're like me, your mind goes the wicked people. Okay, that's the murderers and the drug dealers and the rapists and so forth like that. But really, in this passage of Scripture, it encompasses what I just said, but actually it goes a little bit closer to home. It's referring to the person that's little or no time for God in his life. The wicked person is someone in this passage of Scripture that has ruled God out of his affairs and out of his thinking. Now, on the other hand, the righteous person from this passage of Scripture is the one who is willing to include God in his life, who is willing to include God in his thinking. And when you invite God in your life, you, you enter into this new dimension. And like I said, so this passage of Scripture, it really contrasts. It contrasts the way of living and the way of thinking of that person who uh, pushes God out, edges God out, or that person that invites God in. And as a result of this message, I want you to consider inviting God into your life. And inviting God to be the leader and to be the Lord of your life. To include Him in the decisions that you make. And include Him uh, in the future that you're building. And so we see this in this verse, verse uh, who does not walk in the council or stand in the way or sit in the seat. Now, all of this is kind of interesting. To walk is a reference to decisions that we make throughout the day. Now, tomorrow morning, you're going to get up and you're going to take many steps throughout the day. Some of you will have a Fitbit on or a watch on and you're going to track your steps. And you say, oh man, I, I hit 3,000 steps or 5,000 or I hit 10,000 steps. When Patty and I hit 10,000 steps, we think, great, we can eat anything we want to. <laughs> right? Isn't that what they say? If you walk 10,000 steps, you eat what you want to eat. Uh, so it's not, and then you say, Marty, how's that working out? Well, it's not really working out because we're eating what we want to eat and we're not walking 10,000 steps. So we're okay. So tomorrow you're going to do a series of steps. Now, what does this mean? This means that you're going to be making decisions. It's about your, your decisions and those steps. As you walk, you're making decisions. Your steps will eventually determine the path that you take and the direction it will determine your future. To stand, secondly, is a picture of the commitments that we make, those values that we have. We give ourselves to certain things and certain initiatives. Um, and so to stand means our commitments, and to sit is a picture of a settled attitude of our heart. It's the continuation, the continuous disposition of our life. This is like who we are. This is the essence of who we are. Um, and as we do that... Excuse me. <coughs> oh, that was rough. That was rough. Mm. You need a handkerchief? Okay. I live in the real world. We got beat last night. And so you, sometimes you just got to own it. You got to own it. 
you got to be all in or something like that. So uh, congratulations to the Tiger Faithful here at the Creek. Um, I didn't go to the game last night. My boys did. And, you know, when the game was over, I thought, you know what? It's good that I don't have to drive home. I can go get in bed. And so it was a good night last night at the Baker household. So I just wanted to bring that up. And so let's go back to this. And next it said, does not stand in the way of sinners. Now, most of us, we have this concept or this idea of what a sinner is, okay? And so in this passage of Scripture, a sinner refers to people who make trouble, okay? In this passage, people who make trouble. We're looking at the original words, the people who make trouble. The the psalmist says that you can recognize the godly man because he doesn't make trouble. Then he says, does not sit in the seat of mockers. Now, He's referring to those people who have a tendency to blame everybody else for their problems and to cast blame on other people. And so you're starting to get this picture of who this is. So you have this choice. Do you want the blessed life or do you want the life that you push God out? When you push God out of your life, you're going to end up being those those individuals uh, that make trouble You push God out of your life. You create chaos. You push God out of your life. You start to blame other people for your problems. And it just becomes that tendency. And so he said, not so the righteous. Because the righteous people are the ones that include God. And said, God, I know that this is not fair. But God, you'll give me the strength to get through this. And God does that. That you'll invite God in, and instead of the chaos and making trouble, God gives you the sense of peace. Like the world is going crazy, but yet you have this sense of peace. Because it's not uh, from you, but it's really God working inside of you. Giving you that calmness and that peace. And we're moving into Christmas, and that's what I just want you to hear that. So let this Christmas be a time of peace where you can just... Take a deep breath and understand uh, that God is there protecting you and guiding you because you're going to walk in the steps of the righteous and you are going to live at peace. So many times we echo those people that we hang out with. And so we have to be very careful because you are the average of your five closest friends. And so when you start to look at your life, and you start to look at the people you hang around with, you become that average. You start to think like them. You start to see things as they see. And, and so uh, I just, just, you need to be aware of that. And here's the point. You need to choose your friends wisely and don't ever make the mistake of choosing personality over character. You need to choose your friends wisely. Don't ever make the mistake of choosing personality. Well, I I think that guy's funny. I think it's, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you love that personality, but then they have no character possibly. Their character is going to help shape your future. And so always be on guard. We have a choice here. What path are we going to take? Are we going to embrace the people who... um, push God out of their lives, are we going to embrace the people that welcome God into their lives? And so that's the choice. We're looking at this passage of Scripture. We're trying to figure out which road are we going to take? How are we going to make the decisions? I want to encourage you to choose friends with character first. People who have a solid foundation. Choose 
character over personality every day. Next verse, it said, but his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that he meditates day and night. He loves God's law. Now, this is the Bible as we know it. Back when the psalmist wrote this, they didn't have the Bible. They had scrolls and, and they had uh, oral tradition that was passed down from generations. We have a printed book. We have a digital copy. And, but his, the point is, his delight is in the law of the Lord. He wants God's word to provide the direction, provide the insight. We're talking about how do we walk in the blessings of the Lord? How do we do this? How do we have his favor? Well, we learn to delight in God's law. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, I've talked about, I've talked about this before, to meditate. So many times we confuse this because we don't understand it. To meditate doesn't mean that you're going to put your mind in neutral. That's not it at all. To meditate on God's word, meditation simply means to seriously look at something. You're going to seriously look at this. When his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates, he seriously considers that scripture. He ponders it. He mulls over it. He thinks about it. Now, the challenge in my life sometimes is I want to read a passage of scripture and I want to get to the next chapter and then I want to go to the next one. And I'm just reading words off the page. And what this verse is telling me is, Marty, slow down. Let the word of God go inside of you. Meditate. Think about it. Maybe it's just one verse today. But think about that. What is that really saying? You know, who is it written to? What was going on when it was being written? How is God using that? What is that saying about me? What is that saying about my family? What is that saying about the next generation? To seriously think about it. And so I just want you to meditate on God's word. If you're looking for direction in your life, meditate on God's word. Think about it. How does this work? How will it affect me? How, does it, um, how will it impact my life? Here's the third thing. I want you to, as you meditate, I want you to immerse yourself in God's word. Because as you meditate on it, I believe you'll find peace and that you'll find strength. God's word will take you to that place of peace. We're talking about the righteous person. What does the righteous person do? They invite God into their lives. What does the wicked person do? The wicked person pushes God out. That's the difference. The righteous invites God in. The, rich, the wicked pushes God out. But we want to be that person that immerses ourselves in God's word. We want to meditate on it because we believe that when you meditate, you think seriously about it, you are going to find peace. You're going to find peace and you're going to find strength. He said, that person, that person is going to be like a tree that is planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit. In other words, you are going to be productive. Okay. I want you to be productive. He said, you're going to yield your fruit. You're going to be productive in season and whose leaf does not wither. What does that mean? I believe it means you're going to be protected. So when we walk in the blessings of God, we can expect to be productive and we can be, expect to be protected. And whatever they do prospers. I believe that the blessed life is a prosperous life. The blessed life is a prosperous life. Now, does that mean it relates to your bank account? Well, maybe, but that's not all. I am telling you 
the prosperity of your soul has a lot more to do with your well-being and your purpose and your, uh, the inner person. Everything on the outside, it can fade away just like that. But what we're talking about is um, an eternal prosperity and blessing that comes along with uh, God's favor on your life. But how do we get there? You're going to be like this tree planted by the streams, you know, that have deep roots. When I think about a tree planted, I think about, a mat- I think about maturity, right? I think about something, when I look at a tree that has deep roots, I look at now that's a mature tree. That is a mature tree. And, I, and I, uh, how does that relate to me? I'm like a tree that's planted. Here's the point. I want you to start thinking like a mature person. I want you to start thinking. If you want to prosper, I want you to think long term. Don't just focus on what's happening this week or this month. You've got to step back and look at your life and say, I want to think like a mature person. I want to be like that tree planted deep. I want to be like that individual that has a vision for the future, not just to get through the week. So many times we're tempted just to make it through the work week and we live for the weekend. Folks, there's a lot more life left at the end of the weekend. And I want you to think like a mature person. And that's what this scripture is saying. If you want to prosper, I want you to think long term. I love what Dave um, Ramsey says. He said, I want you to live like no one else now so that you can live like no one else later. And he's saying, I want you to think long term. He said, not so the wicked, though, back to the passage. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. I see this word chaff. Now, what is that? Chaff is the seed covering or the plant debris. You separate the chaff from the actual seed or the grain. It becomes the stuff you throw away. Last night I was watching the ball game. And so I had a bag of peanuts and I was... uh, Shelling those, hulling those peanuts, uh, getting into it. And I was just throwing away the, the hulls, right? And I was just, because they're no value to me. I wanted the peanut. And that's kind of what this is. So many times we focus on the things we need to be throwing away. The, the good thing was not the, the hull that I was tossing. The good thing was the peanut that I was going after. We've got to be focused On the right things. You know, this week you're going to face a lot of battles. Okay? You're going to, there's a lot of things out there that you're going to be dealing with. Some things you don't need to deal with. Here's what I'm saying. You need to choose your battles. And don't be distracted by the things that really don't matter. Because in this world, this coming week, you are going to be distracted by a lot of little things that are going to take you off your mission, your life's mission. So don't be distracted by those things that really don't matter, but, but choose what's right and good. Choose your battles. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked will perish. He said, choose your battle. Don't let the enemy distract you and take you down. But allow God's covering, God's productivity, and God's protection to cover you as you move through this week. 
So Psalm chapter 1, it paints a picture of what it means to live like a righteous person. I'm inviting God into my life. Or what it means to live like a wicked person. I'm pushing God out of my life. So that's what you've got to see in this passage. And the reason we want to invite God in, because God's blessings, his favor comes. But here's the, the point. We've got a choice. We get to choose. Are we going to embrace God's favor or not? In Deuteronomy chapter 28, it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you, what, high above. The Lord is going to raise you up. The Lord will promote you. The Lord will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings. And in Deuteronomy 28, there's a whole list of blessings. You'll experience all these blessings if what? If you obey the Lord your God. If you obey the Lord your God. And so we have this choice. How are we going to live? Are we going to choose to go after God, invite him into our lives? Are we going to push him out of our lives? That's the choice. That's the choice we have to make today. God wants to be a part of your life. You may not see him, but he's here. And I believe that when we surrender to him, God is watching over us. You may not see God's activity, but God is working behind the scenes in your life. Uh, But God is here. God is watching over you. And you say, Marty, that may work for you, but it didn't work for me. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about where you are spiritually. Are you at a place where you're willing to receive God's leadership and guidance in your life? Are you at a place where you're willing to surrender your life to God? You know, because truth of the matter is, you may not be at a place. And today is the day to reposition yourself. Because if you want to change your situation, you've got to change your position. You've been stuck over here for a long time. How is that working for you? God has a life of blessing and he has a life of favor for you. But you need to reposition yourself. And say, God, not my will, but I want your will to be done. I want to surrender to your plan for my life. Well, today is your day. Today is the day to to change your direction And start walking toward the Lord. Today is the day where you say, God, I want you to come and be the leader and the Lord of my life. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm tired of pushing you out. Today, I want to receive your spirit, your life in me. I realize that this is uh, a lot to cover in a short time. But I do feel like the Lord has ordered your footsteps to be here today. And to those who are watching online, that God is here to speak to you. And very clearly saying, stop pushing God out of your life. But I want you to turn and say, God, I receive what you have for me. I receive forgiveness. I receive hope. I receive strength. I receive peace. And he has that for you. Well, we're going to pray in a few minutes. And during this time, I just want you to be attentive to God's promptings in your life. And there will be some of you today that you're ready to take your next step.
you're ready to say, God, I need help. Will you help me? Will you guide me? Will you lead me? Will you heal me? Will you forgive me? Will you save me? Just simple prayers from a sincere heart. And when you pray that, that's your next step to your life being changed. But you got to take a step. You got to take that step. Will you do that today? Will you pray with me? I'll lead you in the prayer. But it's got to be your your decision. And I believe if you'll make that decision, say, Jesus, help me. God, save me today that your life will be forever changed. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so thankful for this church. I'm thankful for your word. It's my prayer that right now that your presence would be strong in this auditorium and and in strong uh, into the homes or the places where people are watching. Father, I pray right now for people who've never made a commitment to follow you, that today would be that day that they would take that step. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, help me. Say this, say, Jesus, save me. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you'd have me to be. I give you my life. Father, as they pray that prayer, I ask God that you would do as only you can do, that you would transform the people as they pray this prayer. Now, I want you to say this. Jesus, I receive what you have. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your peace. I receive your help. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.